Star Wars 7x7 episode 2911. Well, that was a slam-bang finale, wasn't it? <laughs> We're going to be talking in full spoiler territory about the Obi-Wan series finale, which, because it's just called Part 6, we are going to refer to this episode as Letting Go. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. Before we get into that 7 highlight breakdown as we've been doing with our breakdowns of previous episodes, I want to say a quick shout out to Natlant. <laughs> Hard to say where the actual break is on there, but Natlant left a wonderful review on Apple Podcasts for the podcast, which I just wanted to share with you and say thank you to Natlant for. It's funny when you're trying to pronounce them as user at ease, but the headline for the review is titled Great Idea, and Natlant says this is a great way to keep up with all the Star Wars news and information. Not too long, easy to keep up with. I have listened from the start, found it about 30 episodes in, caught up then, and have joined the journey all the way. No regrets. Thank you, Alan. So that is some major commitment, which I'm so grateful for. So Natlin, thank you so much for that awesome review and for sticking with me through this whole crazy journey. And thank you to everybody who's been submitting reviews on Apple Podcasts since we've been doing these little features, since we started our countdown toward 3,000 episodes. I really appreciate that, and I'll be sharing those in upcoming episodes of the show. Meanwhile, if you have not done your Apple Podcast review, even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, that's okay. You can still leave a review there and it's going to help more people add this daily dose of Star Wars joy into their lives. So thank you very much for considering it, for taking the time out of your day to drop a review there. Even if you're not an Apple Podcast user, that's okay. <laughs> it still works if you drop a review there. All right, so let's talk about those seven highlights. And I'm going to say I had the first highlight I'm going to talk about as number five on my list, basically, because I was kind of working through all this stuff. But really, how can you not start with the fight? Like, it was silly of me to have in my notes that that was, like, in fifth place on the whole discussion thing. So, yes, there was a rematch. Yes, it was a fight for the ages. And surprisingly, well, maybe, maybe not, I guess, it did not end the way that you thought it might, right? So we've talked about how the situation with the Obi-Wan Kenobi series could end potentially because we've been operating in the presumption, okay, I've been operating into the presumption, maybe you haven't, <laughs> but the idea that however this series ends, Darth Vader would have to leave Obi-Wan alone and one very obvious seeming way for that to happen would be to presume that Vader thinks Obi-Wan is dead and can just move on with his life. Well, they kind of presented that possibility to us and then it turned out to be one of those like, ah, surprise, we got you kind of situations. And I've been thinking recently, but in an utterly unrelated context, about Obi-Wan's line from A New Hope where he says, you can't win, but there are alternatives to fighting. Well, apparently that was not <laughs> an alternative situation for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And I guess I can see the logic in defining a situation where, no, they have to let Obi-Wan win the fight. Like, yes, I can see the justification for that happening. I'm just saying that I think I would have been perfectly fine if they had let Obi-Wan quote-unquote lose, but if Obi-Wan did it knowing that it was for a greater cause, that would have been fine with me too. But the fight did also give fans something that had been rumored or speculated about or just hotly desired, which was a shot of 
Obi-Wan raking up Vader's helmet so that way you could actually see one of Hayden Christensen's eyes and you could actually hear Hayden Christensen talk to Obi-Wan as himself, as Darth Vader, but like actually his voice and the way that they you jump, bounced back and forth between Hayden Christensen's voice and James Earl Jones' voice was fantastic and you know it's very similar in a way to what happened with Star Wars Rebels when you know Anakin and Ahsoka had their conversations while they were fighting, but I think this was definitely on a deeper and you know more intensely executed scale by comparison. And we're going to talk about that fight and the dynamic between Obi-Wan and Anakin in more depth in tomorrow's episode in our deeper dive situation. But yeah, I will say <laughs> this had been touted as a rematch of the century and I think it did live up to that hype and I would love to know what you think about that if you think it also did too so please drop a comment if you're catching the video version of this then the YouTube comment section is right there if you're listening to the audio version please head over to the blog post for this show's episode at sw7x7.com I'd love to hear what you think all right, for a second thing, which is also surprising in its way, is Reva's redemption. So yes, of course she was going to survive that situation naturally, and we knew, of course, that Luke had to survive. We knew that Owen and Beru had to survive, but yeah, we didn't necessarily know it would go down that way. Reva didn't necessarily have to survive, and she didn't necessarily have to come back to the light to some degree. I mean, we don't necessarily know for sure if she has, but it sure seems like that's the case. And for me, at least, that scene with Reva bringing Luke back to the Lars family and having the conversation with Obi-Wan, like, that was the most emotionally affecting moment of the whole series for me. And I just want to say thank you and kudos to Moses Ingram for making a fantastic character come to life with Reva. And I am so curious to see what happens with this character going forward. For a third highlight, we'll talk about the cameos. Why not? So Obi-Wan has been calling on Qui-Gon <laughs> at multiple points in the series, and he finally shows up. So yes, Liam Neeson did actually show up in the series at the very end, naturally, with a cryptic sort of exchange with Obi-Wan, like, oh, you weren't ready to see me. What? What does that mean? Oh, it's just, it's frustrating in the back best possible way and it definitely wants you it makes you want to know more about just what the heck he means and what their conversations are going to be like once they head off into the canyons but it does come across as though Obi-Wan hasn't seen Qui-Gon in Force Ghost form for low these 10 years and you know, what does that mean? I mean, Yoda says that Qui-Gon has learned to walk the path of immortality at the end of Revenge of the Sith, and he has to teach Obi-Wan to commune with him. But I guess maybe the answer to that question is, is that Obi-Wan, through all these years, has not learned how to commune with him. And that's what Qui-Gon's line means at the end, is that you just weren't ready to see me. Then there's the other cameo at the end, the Palpatine cameo, of course, and Ian McDiarmid had been very coyly hinting that something like that was going to happen over interviews in the not-too-distant past. And that scene actually directly addresses the question of whether Darth Vader would think that Obi-Wan was dead by the end of the series. And with him not thinking that and not being on the hunt for Kenobi yet, this is how they solve that problem. By having Palpatine taunt Vader about not overcoming his past. And so Vader is going to let it go and say, oh yeah, I'm moving on from Kenobi and that's why he's not hunting him. 
And that's just one instance of letting go that happens in this episode. So I'm going to circle back around in this episode of the podcast to that concept, since this is what we're just giving the episode as an unofficial title, the episode of the Kenobi series, (laughs) so as not to confuse you. So we're going to move on for the moment for our fourth thing. And actually, four, five, and six highlights have to do with, again, just how deeply intertwined this series has become with prequel and original and sequel trilogy storytelling. And I guess how I mean that is in terms of the rhyming that it does with those particular trilogies. And it happens in three particular ways. One of them is, of course, the dialogue. So I'm sure there were dialogue lines that were very familiar to you, like when Leia says, will I see you again to Obi-Wan at the end? And that, of course, evokes the Anakin and Shmi dialogue in The Phantom Menace. Then there is the, you know, my friend is truly dead line that Obi-Wan delivers to Anakin slash Vader, which is reminiscent of the line that Luke says to Vader in Return of the Jedi. I didn't pick out anything on first watch of the episode that specifically reminded me of the sequel trilogy necessarily, so you know I'm sure it's there, so if you picked up something like that, then let me know in comments or even on Twitter, SW7X7Podcast. Tweet me and let me know where you caught that. Visually speaking, and this is our fifth one, yes, this is the fifth highlight, visual stuff also you know, very inspired by different sections of the Skywalker saga. For example, the chase with Obi-Wan's dropship and the Star Destroyer. I mean, we've seen scenes like that, like in The Empire Strikes Back, for example, with Star Destroyers chasing the Millennium Falcon. But for me, the biggest Star Wars Skywalker saga visual influence on this episode has to be The Last Jedi. I mean, you know, when Vader approaches Obi-Wan on that barren moon, which, by the way, I listened to the audio description version, and it's only described as a barren moon and a desolate moon, and there is a moment where when they first face each other that the orbital planet is mentioned but it just says the orbital planet in the audio description so I looked through the credits too and I didn't see it named so yeah hopefully that exists out there because I'm so curious to know (laughs) what moon this was but that scene of the two of them facing off very much like the scene with Luke and Kylo Ren facing off in The Last Jedi. And that moment with Obi-Wan lifting up all the rocks with the Force, although he obviously did something quite different with those rocks compared to what Rey did at the end of The Last Jedi. And for a sixth highlight, I mean, we could probably do a whole episode about this in general. And you know what? I might just reach out to a couple of people and see whether that's possible. But this is something where I'm not as well versed. But the music cue situation definitely brings back some hits from previous Star Wars storytelling. And the one that jumped right out at me, you know, I'm glad it was there because it was actually my favorite one. The hyperspace music cue that we hear at the very beginning of the episode when the Star Destroyer is chasing the transport ship and you hear that dun 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 Like that music cue plays when the snowspeeders are out the next morning looking for Luke and Han after they've been out all night on Hoth. And then that's the same music cue that we hear as Leia and Lando and Chewie and R2 and 3PO and Luke are escaping from Cloud City and they just barely get away from the Star Destroyer at the end, right? Same music cue, like it is my absolute favorite. So the moment it came on, I was like, oh, there it is. Like, you know, the, the meme with... <laughs> Leo DiCaprio from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood going, ah, ah, like that was me entirely when that happened. And then 
when Obi-Wan says goodbye to Leia in the transport ship before he dr gets out of there in the dropship, there's that music when she's saying, you know, well, I see you again. And you hear the music from The Phantom Menace when Anakin is saying goodbye to Shmi. And again, I'm sure that's not all of it, but yeah, there are moments there throughout to be sure. And for a seventh and final takeaway, I'll talk about the different types of letting go that happen in the episode. So the biggest letting go for our main character, Obi-Wan Kenobi, is letting go of the guilt over Darth Vader and about you know everything falling down around the galaxy because of him, putting it on his shoulders. Basically, he sees that Anakin, you know, falling to the dark side, like he failed Anakin in his mind, and as a result, the crucial piece that Palpatine needed in order to make everything collapse and turn the Republic into the Empire, that's all on Obi-Wan's shoulders. And oddly enough, Vader is the one who absolves him of it. But clearly Obi-Wan accepts this because he is able to let go of that guilt and move on. And you might make the case perhaps <laughs> that he's able to see Qui-Gon now that he's let that go, potentially, maybe. Then of course we've talked about the letting go that Vader slash Anakin does and whether he really has or he's just telling Palpatine that at the end of the episode, well, you know, maybe in that moment he's just trying to, you know, tell Palpatine what he wants to hear. but. You know, ultimately, it's what he has to do. Otherwise, Palpatine is going to continue to give him grief over this point. And if there's one thing that Vader has learned about Palpatine over the years, it's that Palpatine will keep just driving in on that weak point if you have it. And so Vader has learned over the years to eliminate any of these weaknesses so he can be you know, the ultimate apprentice, but also probably eventually take over Palpatine's deal <laughs> at one point. Then there's the letting go that Owen does, which happens at the end when he invites Obi-Wan to meet Luke for the first time, which is, you know, kind of surprising also that Luke has never met Obi-Wan until this point. And here's another dialogue rhyme when he looks at it and goes, hello there. And it's like, oh, come on. Here we go. Oh my gosh. He's at it. Ah. And the way he delivers it too. Like he doesn't deliver it with the emotion that, you know, seems to have happened with everything that's happened before. He just completely wipes it and approaches Luke like, you know, it's the first time and none of that's carried around with him, which I think was brilliant. And so the delivery was just like, oh God, of course. But Owen seems to have let go of some of the hostility that he's had toward Obi-Wan. And yes, you know, Obi-Wan says that he's going to stay away and makes that promise or at least keep his distance more. So, you know, it's a letting go to some degree, but yeah, it's still happening there. Then there's the letting go that Brea Organa does, and that has to do with seeing her daughter fully and completely. And Obi-Wan kind of sums it up when he talks about the qualities of Leia's real mother and the qualities of Leia's real father. Well, in this particular case, it does look like Brea has kind of said okay to all of the qualities that Leia has that not only was she born with from both sides of her parentage but also that she's been raised with and she's accepting of who Leia is in her completeness at this moment so that's a very cool thing to see. And then finally, and I'll say, you know, maybe only second to Obi-Wan in that Obi-Wan's the main character, but I'll tell you from an emotional impact standpoint, really was the biggest, hardest hitting one for me, at least the letting go that Reva does at the end of the episode. 
She's been dealing with horrific trauma and has walked the darkest path up until this point. And for her to find mercy, as Obi-Wan labels it at the end of the episode, is just incredible and beautiful and it's earned, it really is. And so there you go, that is my breakdown. Seven highlights to consider about letting go, which is what we are calling the sixth part, the final part of the Obi-Wan Kenobi limited series. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always, and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and/or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited. Other respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.